Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron and start of the new football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. And make sure you head over to the website or use the mobile device and sign up today for 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager is refunded up to $25, 100%. For new customers only, by signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And exciting news our podcast is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up on our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. What up, TZK Potters? Welcome back to the program. What's going on, fantasy-focused community? Sky and Bobby back with you for another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. We have episode 443, and we are breaking down our bold predictions and crazy calls to wrap up 2021 offseason, diving in to the first couple weeks of football on our way. Our guest tonight, who is just officially a part of the family at this point, Jordan Delavalle, we want to welcome you back to the program, my man. You were a guest for a few of the mock drafts, and we were like, you know what? This dude knows what he's talking about. We need extra team members. Hop aboard, my man. So you are officially part of the team. Welcome into the TCK squad. Tonight is a crazy episode. This will be the most hectic episode we've ever had on the Candlestick Kids, and I want to preface this one so the listeners know what's going on here because Bobby and Jordan are both participating right now as we record this in the TCK Rookie League. Now, again, the Rookie League has nothing to do with how your, your fantasy experience overall. It simply means your first year in the TCK Listener League. Bobby and Jordan both have their first year this year. They're in the Rookie League. I'm in the Veteran League. My draft starts at the end of this episode, so I'll be kicking off our Veteran League draft at the end as well. So these guys are on the clock currently. I will be at the other half. We have bold predictions. We have crazy calls. It is madness, gentlemen. How are we doing? Bobby is in the zone right now. I'm going to go to Jordan first. Jordan, it's great to have you back, brother. How are you feeling? You ready for this? Yeah, uh, definitely ready for this. Uh, it's good to be here on a, on a more official basis. Uh, but as you mentioned, the 
first official episode being one where I'm also going to be on and off the clock, getting apparently sniped by B. Spelke round after round. Uh, I know he's he's in the listener league, so I know he's listening right now. Uh, so it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be crazy, man. Both you guys are on the clock here. Uh, looks like Bobby has the fourth pick. Jordan, uh, you have the seventh pick of the 12-team TCK Listener League rookie draft. Bobby, are you with us, man? You got the, you got the here, man. ready I'm to go? Stoked. I got two drafts going, dual, dual monitors, my takes here, and you guys here. I'm excited, <laughs> man. It's fantasy football season, baby. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Right, so I, I love it. I love it. I yeah, love so it. Let's listen, pop it. Now, hot topic, usually, you know the drill. We've been doing our, our hot topic brought to you by Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Now, if you haven't been to SeekTheSpice.com, we're here to bring in the spicy takes today. And Jordan, listen, right now today, we've kind of gone through the first six rounds of our rookie draft on the TCK. Give me your, just your, for the hot topic, tell me what you think was the spiciest pick so far of the draft. To me, it had to be uh, when B, B. Spelke uh, sniped Kittle from me in the fourth. Uh, so it's a super flex league uh, for those who aren't in it. Um, but... I was hoping to get Kittle with my fourth pick, uh, and I was looking at the draft board, saw B. Spelke, already had Travis Kelsey in the second. I was feeling good that there was no way I wasn't going to be able to scoop up Kittle. And then uh, pretty spicy, taking the, the, the two court, uh, sorry two tight ends there, uh, Kelsey and Kittle. Nice. Okay. Sky, listen, at this point, I love you to death, brother. I'm going to need you to take – do do your thing, man. The host seat is all yours today. I might be a little distracted, but I'll be here as much as I can. I'll take I'll take the first half. You take the second half because I'm on the clock <laughs> here in about, in about a half hour as well. All right, gentlemen, Bobby, you're on the clock right now in the TCK Listener League Rookie Draft. Ladies and gentlemen, this one is hectic. Here we go. Bobby on the clock right now. We're going to review your guys' draft picks after Bobby goes, oh, oh man, perfect. Couldn't be Tyler more Boyd. on brand. My man. Tyler Boyd, baby. Tyler Boyd fell. Let's go. My man. We're going <laughs> to review these uh, these rosters here at the end of the episode. But, guys, we have bold predictions and crazy calls. Now, I've been doing this series since 2018. This is your guys' first year doing it with me. I've done it four years now, though. And a lot of people talk hyperbole and bold predictions and crazy calls throughout the fantasy community. They're fun. A lot of them are honestly bullshit um, and reaching for the stars. The way I break this down is a bold prediction is something that's realistic but unlikely, okay? Something that is a crazy call is basically if this happens, then the fantasy world was turned upside down. So a crazy call for this year would be something like, Marvin Jones is a top five wide receiver, okay? Or Sam Darnold is the top five wide receiver. Something like that would be a crazy call. A bold prediction is something more realistic, right? It's going to be like uh, two players from the same team are, you know, uh, top 24 running backs or something like that, right? So we're going to kind of ride that line between bold predictions, which are realistic, that could happen and we see happening, but are against the grain via ADP, ECR, public perception, whatever it is, and then crazy calls on the second half are straight up just like swinging for the fences with realistic backing of our takes. But if this happens, something went nuts in fantasy football. So we'll kick it off here with our bold predictions. Jordan, we're going to let you go first here. Lay it on us. What is your first bold prediction? We each have two bold predictions, two crazy calls. Jordan, lay it on us. What's your first bold prediction for 2021? Yeah, I mean, my first bold prediction is that I, I get out of this rookie draft and yeah. draft. Un, less tilted than I already am. 
You're, You're on, on the, the clock. clock. You're I on the clock. I'm, Come I'm on. Come on. Here. <laughs> Go. Uh, cool. So just took, took Cortland Sutton to get off the clock. So now I can uh, focus on my first bold prediction. So my first bold prediction is that Brandon Cooks has his worst fantasy season and finishes below wide receiver 50 on a points per game basis. Ooh. Now, <clears throat> Cooks is currently being drafted as uh, a fringe wide receiver three, right around that 36, 37 uh, spot, you know, 47th or 37th wide receiver taken off of the board, according to Sleeper ADP. Um, and normally at that spot, a lot of people are looking at Cooks as a value, uh, given that he is the wide receiver one on his team. One is the, one of the latest wide receiver ones on a team that's being drafted uh, so late. Um, and, on top of that, Cooks has proven to be a good wide receiver, right? Like since 2014, he's had multi-thousand yard uh, seasons, uh, three, four, four seasons with over six touchdowns. One, you know, his worst season so far has been eight, uh, about eight and a half PPR fantasy points per game. But now he's got Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback, or maybe Davis Mills, if that's, if that's who you want to project as the Texans quarterback. Um, but he's no longer with, even though Jared Goff, he's no longer with Deshaun Watson, uh, Drew Brees in, in New Orleans, um, Tom Brady in New England. He's now working with a 32-year-old Tyrod Taylor. And I just don't see how Cooks has the uh, production that he's had in the past in a what's going to be most likely a struggling Houston offense. But looking specifically at Tyrod Taylor and his wide receivers, uh, taking a, what I wanted to look at is, Tyrod Taylor's best three years as an NFL quarterback. Um, the way that I looked at that is uh, basically 2015 to 2017, where these were the only seasons that Tyrod Taylor had a uh, 60% or greater completion percentage, excluding uh, 2019 when he went like four for six. So in 2015, uh, the best wide receiver for Tyrod Taylor was Sammy Watkins, who put up uh, almost 17 uh, PPR points per game. After that was Percy Harvin at 10, Robert Woods at 8.4 that year. Um, 2016, again, Sammy Watkins was the best PPR fantasy wide receiver for Tyrod Taylor in 2016, 10.4 fantasy point, PPR points per game. 2017, granted a, a, a less prolific wide receiving core, but uh, Kelvin Benjamin was the best at 9.7. So if Brandon Cooks follows this trend of uh, – Tyrod Taylor's wide receivers. And first of all, again, this is Tyrod Taylor's best years. This was 2017 is now four seasons ago. If Brandon Cooks averages 10 PPR points per game last year, that would have put him at the wide receiver 58. I don't see Cooks being able to be productive in a terrible uh, Houston offense with Tyrod Taylor or a rookie quarterback. Uh, and so my bold take is that he'll be outside of the top 50 on a points per game basis man i <laughs> brandon cooks since 2015 wide receiver 13 10 15 13 62 with just two touchdowns in last year 17 i don't disagree with you of course it looks like uh deshaun jackson could be a healthy scratch deshaun jackson Deshaun Watson could be a healthy scratch this year, even if he plays. Uh, that'll be interesting, and uh, we'll see what happens to David Mills. So, bold prediction number one from Jordan: Brandon Cooks finishes outside the top fifty. I hope this is. I hope that's a that's a verbal Nico Collins tweet, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. All right, Bobby, 
You're 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 on the clock in two different drafts. You're hypothetically involved with this podcast. Give us give, give, <laughs> give us give us your first bold prediction, my man. All right, all right, all right. My bold prediction for this upcoming season is that Tyrell Williams finishes as a top 36 wide receiver on the year. Now, hear me out. I know a lot of people are going to just think I'm crazy, and I am right now. I'm wrist deep in drafts. I'm just losing my mind here. But the thing that stopped Tyrell Williams from really becoming a fantasy asset over the last couple of years was injury, 2020. But prior to 2020, he has been extremely good on a per-target basis. So in 2016, we all know that Keenan Allen gets hurt. He has to become the number one. What happens? He gets 119 targets. He finishes as the wide receiver 17 that year. Keenan Allen comes back. Number two, he knows Anthony Lynn's scheme. In 2017 and 18, he played with Lynn, and he's already becoming the number one on the team. In 2017 and 18, behind Keenan Allen, he only had 69 and 65 targets, but he still finished as a wide receiver four during that time frame. My point is, as soon as the targets start going up, he starts performing better. So my thing is, even in the week uh, 2019, in only on 64 targets, he once again was the wide receiver 46. My thing is, if he's the number one, this team is vacating the most targets. In my opportunity analysis, it's over 300 new available opportunities. So what does that mean to me? I think he can definitely approach that 90 target threshold, which means that I feel like with 90 targets, he could easily get to that wide receiver three range. And right now today, he's going wide receiver 76. So he can cut his ADP in half. And I think he's a must late, a must grab late round guy. Assuming he's the number one, right? It, it depends. I mean, he should be coming in. He's got backing with Anthony Lynn, too. So that's a great pick. Okay, I'm going to get into my first bowl prediction, and it is Raheem Mostert plays at least 14 games and ends as a top 10 running back. Now, Raheem Mostert's been in the league for a handful of seasons. This is his sixth season, but he's only played really the chunk of two of them. 2019, he played a full season. And finishes the PPR running back 26, but he split work with two other running backs. In 2020, last year, he played half a season, got hurt, and then he was out, finished as the wide receiver, or the running back 48. He only has 282 career carries on his body, and he has the ninth best offensive line coming into 2021 per pro football focus. Now, a lot of people are going to obviously vote for Trey Sermon, which I also agree will happen eventually. But Raheem Mostert has game-breaking ability. This, I know it's preseason, but this offensive line and with Jimmy Garoppolo, with Trey Lance, which defense is going to have to now plan for both of them, with George Kittle healthy, with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel healthy, these guys have an incredible rushing attack that offenses or defenses can prepare for, but they cannot prevent in my opinion this rushing scheme is incredible with Kyle Shanahan it's going to be run first and run often and in the goal line I think Raheem Mostert if he stays healthy is going to fend off Trey Sermon a little bit but nonetheless he's going to get enough work and the touchdowns game-breaking ability and he can catch the ball better than people give him credit for last year he had a 70 plus yard reception for a touchdown as well so my bold prediction here is my man Heem stays healthy for at least 14 of the 17 games this year and finishes top 10 in PPR. In non-PPR, I think that's not as bold because he just has to stay healthy. In PPR, though, I do think he stays healthy and he finishes top 10. So, so far, we have Tyrell Williams finishing 
top 36. We have Brandon Cooks finishing outside the top 50, and we have Raheem Mosert finishing top 10 as our first three bold predictions. All right, let's do another round here of bold predictions before we get into our crazy calls. Jordan, again, we'll kick it off with you. What is your second bold prediction? Yeah, so apparently when I put together my bold predictions, I decided to attack some wide receivers. Uh, my second bold prediction is that Adam Thielen finishes worse than a wide receiver three this year. Uh, so essentially finishes below that wide receiver 36. I'll even stretch it, be a little little more bold since I got Curtis Samuel in our rookie draft. Uh, he'll finish below wide receiver 40. Um, wow. So essentially what – I'm looking at with Adam Thielen is that he had a ridiculously efficient touchdown scoring season last year. Prior to the last year's season, his uh, career touchdown rate at that uh, point in his career was about 7.7%. So he scored a touchdown on 7.7% of all uh, receptions. That means that based on 74 receptions that he had last year, he would have only scored six touchdowns as opposed to the 14 that he actually did. Had he followed his career, um, touchdown rate at that point if we just take away those eight extra touchdowns which obviously like we can't do it he did score them props to him but <clears throat> without those extra eight uh touchdowns that would have put him at the wide receiver wide receiver 27 uh finish behind guys like will fuller nelson aguilar and just slightly ahead of robbie anderson so looking at just the expected touchdown regression that we're going to see from adam thielen uh, we also now see that he's starting to become less involved in this offense as uh, Justin Jefferson started to break out. So if we look at week three on from last year, which is when uh, Justin Jefferson actually started games for the Vikings, in those 13 games, Adam Thielen had 65 receptions, so about five per game, for a total of a little over 780 yards, uh, so 60 yards per game. So five catches, 60 yards per game. Again, if we look at his career touchdown rate and assume that he's going to score at that clip uh, for the upcoming year, or uh, sorry, for those 13 games, that would have, mean, would have meant five touchdowns in those 13 uh, games with Justin Jefferson starting. Those stats put him on pace for 13.3 PPR points per game. Again, 13.3 PPR points per game. That is not what you want from a wide receiver that you're expecting to be your wide receiver too drafted in the, I don't know what he's going at now, fifth round. Um, so when you take into consideration the fact that Irv Smith may be involved more, obviously with the injury, uh, he won't be at, at least early on in the season. Um, but I could see things going south for uh, Adam Thielen very quickly as Justin Jefferson's more involved, Irv Smith might be more involved. Obviously Dalvin Cook is, is always going to be a, a focus for that offense. I could easily see Adam Thielen having that touchdown regression back to his, his career average and, and only putting up, you know, 10, 12 uh, PPR points per game. Since Adam Thielen took over as that bona fide number one for Minnesota, even with Stephon Diggs, in 2017, he was the wide receiver eight in PPR, seven in 2018, 64 in 10 games, but still had seven touchdowns in 2019. And last year, Beat up half the season, only really missed one game, 14 touchdowns, as you mentioned, the wide receiver 10. So both of your guys, Brandon Cooks and Adam Thielen, who you're expecting to finish well below their recent career averages, um, are huge bold predictions because both these guys have been stalwarts uh, with multiple scenarios here. So that'll be very interesting to see what happens. All right, Bob, give us your second bold prediction. All right, so 
Good news is I just – and by the way, the, you know, TCK listeners, we love you. You are our people. But four teams have taken two tight ends. This is a super flex league, not a super tight end league. Oh, someone took ty- Tyler Higby as their tight end too. Like, people, you know I need him. Anyway, all right. That's not my bold. My bold prediction is that four, team, four teams should not have taken two tight ends. All right. So my second bold prediction for this is that – Logan Thomas, Frog, TJ Hawkson, Kyle Pitts, and Mark Andrews as the tight end for this season. Now, I've talked about last year when we broke down Logan Thomas, Sky knows that I've talked about the offense, the Greg Olson years with Norv Turner, but also you go back to like Kyle Rudolph had a big season at 10.5 points per game in 2016. Jordan Cameron, remember Jordan Cameron? Well, when he popped off that one season for 11.6 points per game, that was with Norv Turner and Rob Chazinski. So this is an offense that's really good for the tight end position. But when you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, early on in his career with Chan Gailey, they didn't have tight ends in Buffalo in the Jets, so it looked like he didn't really use tight ends. Well, in 2018, when he had his starts, all the games that he actually started from start to finish, O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray averaged combined 14 points per game. That's otherworldly. That's what what he was doing with those guys in 2018. 2019, flash forward, in the contest where he actually played, started, and finished again, um, down the stretch, once they got rid of the Josh Rosen experience and he started starting all the games, Mike Jazicki, 8.9 points per game in those starts. Um, But the key factor there is that Mike Jazicki only saw 77% of the tight end targets during that stretch. Logan Thomas last year, 95% of the tight end targets for this team. They just paid him big-time money. Last year was his real first time playing an extended period of time in real NFL games. Prior to that, he only had a handful of uh, starts with the Lions. So I think he's growing. He's got the athletic profile. And I think that with the volume and improvement of with Ryan Fitzpatrick, at quarterback, I think he could be a top-four tight end in 2021. Let's not forget Logan Thomas came into the NFL as a quarterback for the Cardinals. So he's still trying to learn the position a few years later. And tight end has historically been one of the most difficult positions to learn at the NFL level, even for college tight ends, let alone people who are transitioning from other positions, either from defense to tight end or maybe a wide receiver or quarterback in his case there. So uh, I am I think it wheels up for Logan Thomas as well. And so TZK, just so we heard Bobby correctly, Get Logan Thomas as your second tight end in about the fourth round. Is that what you said, Bob? No, that's a negative. <laughs> I'm on mute. I was on mute because I was about to say something that I shouldn't say on camera. But no, don't do that. Stop taking tight ends, guys, please. <laughs> All right. All right. Bob's going to rein it in here. I'm going to go with my third bold prediction here. And this one is – this one's a bit spicy. I almost made it a crazy call. We're going to get to crazy calls in just a minute. But I almost made it a crazy call. My second bold prediction is that three three sets of wide receivers are, or I should say three duos. How about that? Sets are maybe three. So three duos of wide receivers are going to finish top 12 in PPR. My prediction is A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, all six of them finish as top 12 wide receivers. Last year, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett finished wide receiver eight and nine, respectively. And Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen finished seven and 10, respectively. So those four wide receivers took up seven through 10. I'm going to squeeze two more in there this year. AJ Brown was wide receiver six last year. 
Julio Jones was wide receiver 14 and beat up the entire season, as we know. Lamb and Cooper were both top 11 wide receivers with Dak Prescott over the first five games. Robert Woods finished wide receiver 14 overall with Jared Goff. And Cooper Cup finished wide receiver 26, but he had a career-low three touchdowns, and he was wide receiver four overall in PPR in 2019. I know this one's a stretch. It's got extra bomb banana hot sauce on it, but three duos of wide receivers from the same team are going to finish top 12 in PPR. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Whew, do either one of you have a reaction to that before we pay some bills? I think if you're if you're going to say broadly three duos, uh, if it's specifically those three, it's pretty spicy. If you want to broaden it out, uh, could see Godwin and Evans being another pair up in there. There you Listen, go. I, I got Tyler Boyd in both these drafts, so I'd like that. I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> but whatever Sky says, you listen, people. It's going to happen. This guy is the best at bold predictions and crazy calls. Listen to Sky. My man. All right, y'all. We're going to get these guys a water break here. I need them to, to focus on their – TCK Listener League rookie drafts here. Get these guys both a break really quick. And I'm going to give a shout out to one of our favorite sponsors here. And of course, that is the Jersey Jungle. So make sure if you're getting ready for your drafts, you're ready to go with Jersey Jungle on Instagram. You hit them up at the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three plus jerseys. Again, I have Justin Herbert behind me. I've Colin Kaepernick behind me this week. I'm going to swap those out every week as we go along. As y'all know, these are both coming from Jersey Jungle. They're stitch and twill, high quality jerseys. They got the nameplate across the front. They got the names and numbers on the side, obviously. They got the, if they have logos on the side or they got stripes with Herbert, he's got the bolts, right? The, the lightning bolts there for the Chargers jersey. Fantastic jerseys. They fit really well. Make sure you check out the Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off one or two jerseys, 15% off of three plus jerseys. And make sure you go to any sport, right? They have the NBA, they have the NFL, they have the MLB, they got hockey. For those of you that do that, they have international soccer. They got home and away custom retro jerseys. They got rookies coming in. Hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. All right, boys, hope that was a long enough water break here for you to get ready to the second half of the episode here. And we're going to get into our crazy calls. So again, we're going to go a little bit deeper. We just went into our bold predictions. We're going to go a little deeper here into our crazy calls. And again, bold predictions were somewhat realistic, but unlikely. These crazy calls are going to be nuts. These are shooting for the stars. And unfortunately, over the four years that I've been doing this, I've made eight different crazy calls, two per season. Three of them have come true. So any of these that happen here uh, will turn the fantasy landscape upside down. Jordan, once again, we're going to kick off with you, man. Who is your first crazy call? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my first crazy call, ooh, just, just on the clock, perfect timing. Luckily, I know who I'm taking. Uh, but my That's first my crazy <laughs> My first crazy call, uh, I can talk about just in case people are listening live because he's already been taken in the rookie draft. Um, but my crazy call is that Tyler Higby, tight end for the Los Angeles Rams, finishes the season as the tight end three overall. Uh, obviously, everything is aligning very well for Higby to uh, have a great year this year. First of all, golf is gone, Stafford's in. Uh, so already getting an upgrade at that QB position. Secondly, although it obviously sucks, especially for us in the fantasy community and, and Rams fans and, and Cam himself, but Cam Akers is now out for the rest of the year. 
um, which I think makes the Rams offense a lot more pass heavy. Uh, during last season, uh, the Rams passed on 55% of plays when Akers was uh, playing, um, but 56 and a half percent when Akers was, uh, did not play that game. Um, but most importantly, and why I believe in Tyler Higby this season is that Gerald Everett is now gone. And if we look at Higby's splits, career splits, not last year, but career splits with and without Everett in, uh, with Everett, Higby's played 49 games and on a PPR points per game basis scores uh, just under six PPR points per game. Uh, does this on about three and a half targets, two and a half receptions, uh, and 27 yards. Without Everett in the game, although a smaller uh, sample size, eight games, Higby puts up a clip of 15.7 PPR points per game, almost 10 PPR points per game higher. And he does this on almost seven and a half targets. So he's getting over three and a half more targets per game, uh, over three more receptions per game, and 36 more yards per game uh, than when Everett does play. And I do know that this does include Higby's monster game against uh, my Philadelphia Eagles last year, where he scored uh, three touchdowns on, I think, like five catches or something like that. But even if we take out that game against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Higby without Everett still is averaging 7.6 targets per game, almost six receptions, over 64 yards, and a pretty close to a touchdown every three games. So at this pace, after removing Higby's best game without Gerald Everett, puts Higby at about just under 14 PPR points per game. On a points per game basis, that would have been the tight end four last year. Uh, assuming that he plays uh, the same 15 games that he did last year, um, applying that points per game basis to 15 games, that would have been 208 total fantasy PPR points last year in a 16-game season which would have been tight end three right ahead of Logan Thomas. Completely get that Kittle did not play last year and was hurt. Um, part of this reason of why it's a crazy take is it's hard to beat out the Kelseys, the Wallers, and the Kittles to break into that top tight end three. But if one of them gets hurt, if Higby truly breaks out um, in that new Rams offense, I could see Higby finishing as the tight end three overall this year. Bob, I'm going to let you reply to this one, man. Higby, Higby's oh, your dog. This is what I'm talking about, people. Like, <laughs> Jordan comes in. He's like, you know what? I don't know if I want to be on the podcast with you guys. And then he comes in and drops Tyler Higby knowledge on you. And that's why he's a part of the TCK pod now. Because he gets it. We are on brand, people. And I love it. Tyler Higby, I love the whole comments about the Rams don't use tight ends. They were 6th and 11th in tight end team fantasy points per game over the last two seasons. They use tight ends. And when you look at when Higby, that huge production, he averaged 11 targets per game, yes. But he averaged 17 points per game in those games. Like, it's not even like – it doesn't make any sense. Draft Tyler Higby, just not the second tight end before I pick one. Just other than that, <laughs> draft Tyler Higby. All right. Now I'm going to get into my crazy calls. And I wasn't even sure if this is that crazy, but I'm going to just go with it anyway. And it's that the old guard, meaning Melvin Gordon and Raheem Moster, outperform the new guys, Javante Williams. Ooh. And Trey Sermon. Now, when you look at the guys from last year, and I've talked about Melvin Gordon to death, and really it comes down to the fact that this guy produced at a high level last year, uh, even with sharing the work workload with Phil Lindsay. And I think the problem is, and I'm on the clock, folks. 
I'm on the clock and I uh, I got to do this real quick. But anyway, so I'm going to talk you through it right now. It's, I'm the only guy who thought this is a super flex league. You need three quarterbacks. So I'm going Sammy D as my third quarterback behind Dak Prescott and also Josh Allen. So just in case something happens, I have my third quarterback in the double-digit rounds. Anyway, back to my crazy call. Now, the reason why I say this is last year, Melvin Gordon was a top 24 running back sharing the workload with Javante Williams. Now, I mean, uh, Philip Lindsay. Now Javante Williams comes in and everyone's thinking, okay, he's going to up take Melvin Gordon right out. But people forget how good Melvin Gordon was in with the Chargers. And last year, he was not bad. He was top 10 in PFF rush grades. He also was top nine in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. So he was good on the ground. He had the second best yards per carry of his career last year. Me and Guy talk about age analysis before. The drop-off for running backs is 31, actually, not 30, not 29, not 28. So if he's able to produce at age 27, there's nothing stopping him at stop performing at age 28. Now with Teddy B, there's going to be more targets going to the running backs. I just have a feeling that early on, especially in the season, Melvin Gordon is going to get be, be more involved in the passing game aspect than Javante. For Raheem Mostert, really just comes down, this guy is super efficient. Last year I did, if you guys look at my fantasy points per rush attempt analysis, that I did for football.rasball.com. I talk about how Raheem Mostert had an outlier year on generating fantasy points per carry. That's not going to happen again. He is actually one of the most efficient running backs. And on a limited workload, this guy is so explosive that I think he's going to continue to you know, be an asset. He doesn't need 15 to 20 carries a game to be good. So I think especially early on in the season, he's going to have a head start on Trey Sermon. And at the end of the year, if these guys stay healthy for 16 games, I just have or 17 games, my apologies, I just think they're going to be the ones to lead the backfields from start to finish. Man, and you're just jumping jumping on my uh, bull prediction for Raheem Moser too. I, I like that. And you and I have gone back and forth quite a bit, Bobby, on, on Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. We like the backfield for the Broncos. We're just going with separate guys. Of course, you love the 49er backfield as well. I love Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon, but we're going to stick with the old guys. I like it. Okay, I'm going to go with another crazy call here. My first crazy call, this one's intense, but I wholeheartedly believe that this could happen. So I straight up almost made it a bold prediction, but I think to the fantasy community, this is definitely more of a crazy call throwing this out here. Kenyon Drake, new to the Raiders, outproduces Josh Jacobs in fantasy points this year in 2021. We'll start with Josh Jacobs. In 296 carries or touches, excuse me, 296 total touches last year, Josh Jacobs had zero plays of 30 yards. He had 21 fantasy points per game in wins and 10 fantasy points per game in losses. 17 of his 19 career touchdowns have come in wins. So if the Raiders are trailing, they're generally going to be throwing the ball with Derek Carr. As we know, they had a shootout with the Browns. They're going to have shootouts with the Broncos, the Chiefs, and the Chargers in their own division this year. Vegas odds has them at seven and a half wins right now. That's under 500. That means they're probably going to be behind in most games and losing most games. And in the second half, if they're not up, which I don't think they're going to be very often, Josh Jacobs could be phased out of the game because while he can catch the ball, they don't use him like that. He was fifth in 2020, playing two more games than he did in 2019. He played 13 games in 2019, 15 games last year, and he was eighth uh, in 2020 playing two more games. His yards per average went down from 4.8 to 3.9 in the last two years, and he rushed for 85 less yards on 31 more carries. So his efficiency, unfortunately, has plummeted the last two years. He gets a ton of volume traditionally, which is why Josh Jacobs 
can be okay weekly and seasonally for fantasy football. But you bring in a guy like Kenyon Drake, who's been very efficient himself, I think that tide can change. I'll change over to Kenyon Drake now. Finished 16th in 2020, 17th and 14th in 19 and 18, respectively. On the last episode, I had mentioned that Kenyon Drake is somebody that I'm willing to buy outside of the top 24 wide receivers who I think can finish inside the top 24 and potentially top 15 if he gets more work eventually from Jacobs. This is bad news for Josh Jacobs, unfortunately, inside the 10-yard line where Josh Jacobs has to score double-digit touchdowns to give you back volume. Kenyon Drake is more efficient. Kenyon Drake had a career year last year. He ran for 955 yards, 10 touchdowns on 15 games, and he added 25 catches for 137 receiving yards with the Cardinals. Inside the five-yard line for Kenyon Drake, he was fifth in fantasy points and fifth in rush attempts, and he turned eight attempts into four touchdowns. So it's great efficiency there. Inside the 10-yard line, he was fifth in rush attempts again, and he had 13 uh, 13 rush attempts inside the five-yard line, and he had two 50-plus catch seasons in his career as well. So he can catch the ball in the backfield. They're going to need that in the second half when they're trailing. I just have mentioned in the last couple episodes how much Kenyon Drake has outproduced Josh Jacobs in general with efficiency and how much Josh Jacobs is trending the wrong direction personally. Therefore, my crazy call is that Kenyon Drake who is getting drafted in about the ninth round, outproduces Josh Jacobs getting drafted in the fourth or fifth round in all formats in fantasy football. That's my first crazy call. All right, let's get back to our second crazy calls here. We'll go back around the horn, and then we'll reflect on your guys' drafts that are about to wrap up here. Jordan, why don't you get into your second crazy call, my man? <clears throat> Absolutely, and at the risk of sounding like a complete Homer Eagles fan with my second crazy call. I'm, I'm going to go for it. Anyway, Jalen Hurts will finish as the, not A, but the QB1 in fantasy this upcoming season. <laughs> so if we just look at Jalen Hurts uh, in terms of his athletic profile, his, his physical presence on the field and what he brings to that Eagles offense, six foot one, 220 pounds, about an nine and three quarter inch hand size uh, has about his, his college QBR, excuse me, was a, it was an 89.7. His yards per attempt in college was 11.3. Um, his 40 yard dash was a, about a four, six, which actually is really surprising to me now that I say that out loud. Um, and his burst score on, on play on player profile uh, profiler. Is, a, is about a 124. So that 40-yard dash puts him in the 94th percentile of quarterbacks, and that burst score puts him in the 91st. I'm going to compare him at first to an unnamed quarterback for a second, uh, who was also 6'2", 223, very similar hand size, actually a little bit smaller, 9.5. College QBR was a little bit lower at 82.5. College yards per attempt lower at 10.7. Uh, and very similar 40-yard uh, dashes at a 4-4, and then a similar burst score at a 128. That unnamed quarterback was RG3. RG3's rookie season, obviously before he tore his ACL and his career kind of went sideways, but his rookie season, his first full season, which Jalen Hurts still has not had a full season under his belt, RG3's first full season in 15 games, he threw for 3,200 yards and 20 passing touchdowns, ran for another 815 yards and seven rush touchdowns. It seems like that's a lot, and but let's put that into a per-game basis. RG3 only threw 
for 213 yards and one and a third pass touchdown, ran for 54 uh, and a half touchdown uh, on the ground. So when I put it into a per game basis, I can see Jalen Hurts rushing for 50 yards a game, rushing for a touchdown every other game, throwing for a 200 yards um, and, and a little bit over one pass touchdown per game. Now, I also think that the Eagles and the then Washington Redskins now football team uh, offense look pretty similar. If I look at who RG3's wide receivers were that year, he had Pierre Garçon and Josh Morgan. I don't know who Josh Morgan is. Like, I don't know that name. Maybe it's a too common of a name for me to know it. I don't know who that guy is. So Jalen Hurts now has Devonta Smith. He has Dallas, Dallas Goddard at the tight end. Um, and that wide receiver two position is Jalen Hurts' is Josh Morgan. So I don't think that uh, a season like RG3's rookie season is out of the realm of possibility for Jalen Hurts. That year, RG3 finished with over 21 fantasy points per game, which was fourth best on a points per game basis behind uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. On top of that, RG3 was only 0.4 PPR po- or sorry, uh, points per game behind Breeze at the QB1. That's 12 pass yards. I can see it. Awesome, man. Well, I'm going to go I'm going to I'm going to just just add a little a little more cheese to the to the pie here. 24 and a half fantasy points in his four and a half games top five among quarterbacks who played four and a half games, Dak Prescott and everybody else, 60-plus yard per game rushing floor. And, of course, now he's got some weapons. And, look, man, if Rager can actually be a guy, I think he's going to help out tremendously. Crazy call for sure because they just brought in Garner Minshew, which means that that tells me they're not 100% invested in Jalen Hurts. But if Jalen Hurts can, A, stay healthy, B, can win games in Philadelphia, they're not going to take him off the field. And if they're able to do that, he could be your guy. And if he plays a full season and turns into Kyler Murray somehow, which could certainly happen with the skill set, he could be number one there. Kyler Murray was number one in certain uh, frames last year as well. All right, that's the second crazy call here. Bob, why don't you get into your second crazy call, my man, as well. All righty, folks. Let's talk a little bit about crazy, and I'm ready to bring some crazy for you. So last year, this podcast, we talked a little bit about Logan Thomas, kind of a guy that I thought was a deep sleeper. This year, I have a three guy, a three-peat. I'm getting a little cocky here, but I got three guys that are going outside the top 50 for the position that I think will not only be on the streamer radar, but they'll flirt with some tight end one weeks this season. And that is three players, Tyler Croft for the Jets, Tyler Conklin for the Vikings, and James O'Shaughnessy for the Jaguars. I don't blame you for not knowing these guys, but that's okay. Let's talk about Tyler Croft first. Number one, the offense that comes in is the 49ers offense with Mike um, Mike LaFleur. Mike LaFleur is brothers Matt LaFleur, who just produced that big season for Robert Tanyan. And also, on top of that, this comes from the 49ers, who, by the way, had George Kittle for all those years. Kyle Shanahan, we know his, his offense is back in the day with Chris Cooley and Owen Daniels. This offense has been very good for the position. Now, just so you know, they just traded Chris Herndon, and they just cut Ryan Griffin. That means that him and only one other guy are on this team. There is some rumblings that Zach Ertz might be a trade candidate for them. That's something to keep an eye on. If that's the case, Zach Ertz is a very interesting guy to pick up in your drafts. On the other side, so let's talk about Tyler Conklin. Last season, in the final four games after 
Kyle Rudolph got hurt. He had the same amount of targets, receptions, and only a few less yards. But he actually had a higher yards per route run than Irv Smith. The biggest difference was Irv Smith got the red zone work. Tyler Conklin only saw two targets in the red zone. Now with Irv Smith gone, this is one of the softest early season schedules. Tyler Conklin's one of my favorite. If you just like, I, if someone drafts Tyler Higby as their second tight end, you know what? A nice consolation prize in the last round is Tyler Conklin. And finally, uh, the last guy is James O'Shaughnessy. So this kind of starts and stems from um, D- Daryl Bevel becoming the uh, tight uh, offensive coordinator for the Jags. Daryl Bevel's offense is very good for tight ends. We just saw TJ Hawkinson have a big season. Last season, we also have had in the history, Jimmy Graham has been a part of the Seahawks. They also had Visante Shanko had a double-digit touchdown season with Daryl Bevel. So I've seen plenty of seasons where this guy has produced tight ends. But is notable. James Robinson, nice pass catcher. Carlos Hyde is not a pass catcher. This opens up some short intermediate throws for a guy like James O'Shaughnessy. We just saw it in the most recent preseason game. Three targets, 27 yards in that game. So he could be someone that's going to see five, six targets a game because they need that outlet that Travis Etienne would have been. I think it goes to James O'Shaughnessy, which is why I think all three of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant within the next couple weeks. So I just want to be clear. You just threw out a James O'Shaughnessy, Vashante Shanko, and Tyler Croft. I just want to make sure that the listeners Google those names. They are, in fact, NFL tight ends, and Bobby has done his research per usual. I love it, man. I appreciate that. Look, this is perfect timing, gentlemen. Before we get on to my final crazy call here on the show, I'm going to start off right on time the veteran league for the TCK Listener League. So TCK Listener League, we have the veteran league, we have the rookie league. You two guys just wrapped up the rookie league, which I want to spend just a couple minutes on recapping. So I'll give my last crazy call. I want you guys to find, per usual, find your best pick and maybe a pick you would have thrown back. And then I want you to kind of overview your roster in general. I'm starting off the Veteran League as of right now. I drew the 101, and yes, it was an honest randomization. Who do you guys think I should go with at the 101? This is a super flex league. Should I go with Christian McCaffrey or Jalen Hurts? Jordan, all right, I'll go first. It's CMC for me, man. This guy just offers a different level of upside. I mean, last season, we kind of saw the quarterbacks get propped up, these rushing quarterbacks, and Mahomes only gave you probably a two to three point differential than most of the guys in the mid to later rounds. I mean, Justin Herbert and Tom Brady, the nine and 10 quarterbacks averaged 26.1 points per game, which is about three and a half points less than what you saw from a guy like, for example, uh, Patrick Mahomes. CMC, different level, just absolutely different level. That's why he's my one-on-one. Jalen Hurts or CMC, Jordan? You got you're on me, buddy. Sorry about that. I was I was freaking out about my pick. I had 30 seconds to try to find the Carolina <laughs> defense. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's CMC for me as well. Um, obviously, Jalen Hurts will finish as the QB one. If you missed it, rewind. I explain why. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it's got to be CMC at the 101. I agree. All right, I'm going to go with CMC to kick off the draft, and the Veteran League draft is underway. The Rookie League is just finishing up. We're in perfect timing. Gentlemen, let me wrap us out here with my final crazy call. All right, this one, again, grasping at straws here, but it could happen. It could happen, as JP said in in, uh, Angels, right? Angels in the outfield. It could happen. Check it out. Three rookie quarterbacks finish top 12. Three rookie quarterbacks finished top 12. Lance, Fields, 
Lawrence, Lance and Fields, strictly because they have that rushing upside, I think they're going to incredibly enhance their offenses with the 49ers and the Bears. We saw a little bit of that in the preseason. Trey Lance just looks ready to go already, and Justin Fields, I think, will get more apt, and he wasn't even playing with his studs out there yet. So I think Lance and Fields could be top 12, and Trevor Lawrence, look, I'm he's Trevor Lawrence. I'm not surprised that he's very good, but Trevor Lawrence being as good as he is right away with his weapons right now, I think it's going to be excellent if he stays. You know, he has rushing upside, I think, that Justin Herbert brought last year that people didn't expect as well. Lawrence can run a little bit. If he gets three, four, five rushing touchdowns on scrambles and he throws for 4,000-plus yards and pulls a Justin Herbert from last year, he could be top 12. I see Lance and Fields also finishing that way per game once they get on the field. Now, if Lance and Fields don't start until week 10 or something, they're obviously not going to be top 12 overall. But from the time they take over as the starter, which I think is sooner than later, all three of these guys are going to be top 12 in points per game in uh, fantasy at the quarterback position. Before we get to the draft, gentlemen, any final thoughts on either my crazy call there or any maybe alternates that you were batting around? Bobby, I knew I know you were kind of playing with a couple before the show here. Uh, yeah, so one of them was Tom Brady being MVP at 44 years old, um, but I think we're all not – they don't think that's bold. And the other one was Sam Darnold finishing as a top 15 quarterback this year. Um, but I think uh, Sky told me that Jason Moore, one of the fantasy footballers, said he'd be Q- QB1, so wasn't as bold, so they got cut out of my uh, bold takes and crazy calls. Jordan, any extras for you as well that you were batting with? Um, no, but, I mean, off the top of my head, I could – give you a bold take that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to score 30 PPR or sorry, I keep saying PPR 30, uh, 30 points in the game against uh, Detroit in week one and just pick him up in the rookie league. Oh God. Yeah. Detroit's going to get absolutely smashed and the 49ers know Jared Goff better than anybody else. This is going to be an absolute nightmare. One that I was going with actually was another quarterback wins MVP and that's Ryan Tannehill. That was going to be one of my bold prediction, crazy calls. But Tannehill right now on the COVID list, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both battling injuries uh, and not 100% just yet. Anthony Ferkser, obviously a bona fide top five tight end. We all know that. But will the wide receivers come up to it as well? So all of those didn't make the cut, but they were close. Boys, before we round out here, I want to give you guys just a minute. I'm going to pay attention to my draft now because now I'm on the clock. I got CMC at 101. No surprise there, but I'm back on the turn here pretty soon. I'm going to start with Jordan. I want you to kind of just quickly blast through your roster in order of picks. Give me your favorite pick and one that you may have done differently. Bobby, we'll go to you, and we'll head out of here. Sure. <clears throat> so I uh, started off my draft with uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, then coming in the second round, got Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, uh, then David Montgomery in the fourth, Tyler Lockett in the fifth, TJ Hawkinson, in the sixth, I'm actually not looking at the draft board, so this is where I start to lose it. But also I got, have I got you, I got you. you. Got Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Ronald Jones, Cortland yeah. Sutton, Curtis Samuel, James Connor, Mike Williams, probably the best pick of the draft in the twelfth IMO. Carson Wentz, James White, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and the Carolina Panthers defense. Yes, we do play with the defense, but no kicker in this league. Superflex half PPR. What's your favorite pick of the draft, and what was one that you may have done different? I think my favorite pick of the draft, given how my my draft went, is actually James White as late as I got him. With the news of camp being released, obviously Matt Jones now being the starter, um, even in a half PPR league, I think James White has a, hey, in a pinch, I need to start this guy. 
uh, value for me. Um, just the way that the draft fell to me, I, I didn't get any of those, you know, two uh, stalwart um, top tier running backs. David Montgomery will be fine, um, but really don't have, you know, Ronald Jones, James Conner, don't really have that bonafide RB2 that I can just plug into my lineup. So depending on matchups, uh, I'm good with where I took James White. It was having that guy that I can pretty much plug in and be be pretty safe with eight to 10 points. I like um, it. Bobby, why don't you blast through yours, my man? If you don't have it up in front of you, I got it for yeah, you. Yeah, I got it. No, just just come on, Van, about something real quick. So in this league, I got extra picks. So I took George Kittle in the third round, luxury pick. Now we're in the double-digit rounds, and Logan Thomas and Tyler Higby, no one's drafting him, and I'm just like, oh. Like I could Dude, just, you and your tight I, ends, bro. I can't. You, you I can't to, I'm sorry. You need anyway. to be in a tight end free league and just, like, get your blood no. pressure down. I know. You're you know, right. Take, you're a, right. take a breath. Just like, At least I know. I just Late-round tight just, ends are going to be the end of you, bro. No, <laughs> they aren't. Honestly, I don't know what it is. It's my only good quality about fantasy football. Bad at everything else. Just late-round tight ends is all I got. Anyway, so I started in a super flex game with Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. Super excited about that. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, you know, Patrick Mahomes, those guys, love them all. You know, I'm pretty much going quarterback in the first round if I can. But then Dak Prescott, I feel like, is a cliff. There's after Prescott, you know, I felt like there's a cliff. And Tom Brady and Justin Herbert went ahead of him, which is, you know, beyond me. But I, that's at that point, I'm taking that value all day. Then I scooted down like a Clyde Edwards Hilaire, staying on brand, CEH. I went three receivers Cooper, Cooper Cup, and DJ Moore. Moore fell all the way to the sixth round. I'm not the highest guy, but at 6.9, I'm not going to pass. He's a, he's a safe play, a guy that you plug into your flex. Then I had Trey Sermon as my RB2 with Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon will help early on this season with kind of my thought process there. And then Trey Sermon can kind of come in as my back end of the year RB2. Then I got my boy Tyler Boyd. So there's my favorite pick of the draft in the ninth. Marvin Jones in the 10th. Zach Moss rounded out my running backs. I also took at that point, I feel like I went upside with uh, Hardman. But then there was no tight ends left at this point. So I, I did get Sam Darnold as my QB3 in this league. But then also I got three tight ends at the end. I actually stacked... Tyler Conklin, Cole Komet, and Zach Ertz. Three last picks. I actually didn't even take a, a defense because I'm going to wait and see how that goes. Just another trick of the trade. See how the Zach Ertz maybe gets traded to the Jets or something, and then we'll go from there. I like it. Both your rosters are very, very solid. Uh, obviously different approaches, but that's what we love to see in the listener leagues. All right, boys, we're going to get out of here. This was our bold predictions and crazy calls episode. One of the more fun anyway, every season. And on top of that, we happen to link it up with both you guys being on the clock in the rookie league. I'm on the clock now in the veteran league. I got to get out of here so I can make some of my picks. We're going to top off here. Jordan, it's always a pleasure having you on, man. We're going to have you back weekly now heading through the season. Super excited about that. Of course, Bobby and I will be back with you as well. We got a very exciting episode coming up tomorrow. Stay tuned. TCK Potters, make sure you follow all of us here. Sky Guasco, Bobby Lamarco, Jay Della Valley 7 on Twitter. And you can find us on Instagram as well, fantasy football underscore TCK Pod and fantasy football X Factor. And of course, fantasy focused. You can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, and on Twitter. We're live and stick with us next Sunday. We're having NFL kickoff Sunday morning. We got the start sit onslaught. Join us for that. We're very excited. We want to give a shout out to all of our sponsors for today. Shout out to everybody in the TCK listener leagues, both the rookie and the veteran league. This has been a lot of fun, guys. A crazy episode, but we got this draft behind us. We got more coming up. Stay tuned for more fantasy football analysis. 
for Jordan Della Valley and Bobby Lamarco. Shouts out to the Fantasy Focused Network, the TCK Potters. We love you and appreciate you. We'll be back next time. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.